Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio, and I am joined, as always, by the lore mistress extraordinaire, Mary Sybil. Thank you, thank you. Can't imagine like applause. fanfare, like. Yes. I need a theme song. You do. What What would be your theme song if you had one? Like you don't have to like say like oh, oh it's, it would be Hair of the Dog by Nazareth, but like what's the kind of vibe that you would go for? I don't think it'd be hair of the dog by Nazareth. Um, we're we're obviously agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. To, we don't have to agree on everything. Oh goodness, as, I don't as, know. As hosts of this show, I feel like you'd have to have some heavy bass. Okay, all right. I mean, that's I about all that. I got. I don't know. Never, uh, never thought about that before. <laughs> well, that's strange because I don't know. I could be growing up as a pro wrestling fan. I guess that's always mm. been a like in the back of my mind as yeah, every yeah, pro wrestling fan, like what song would you come out to? I could see that. I could see anyway, that. Anyway, enough, enough, so- enough talk about Silliness. songs. <laughs> Let's talk about space. Let's talk about some spell jammer. So we are only a couple of weeks away from the fifth edition version of spell jammer being released. Uh, everyone is very excited. Everyone is tickled pink as pink and purple as the astral sea itself uh, about what's going on. And to prepare, we're going to dive into the old edition of Spelljammer. So that whenever it's released here in a couple of weeks, uh, you're not just flying blind. You have a little bit of of knowledge. I mean, they are Mm going to change some things. Um, One thing in particular that we'll talk about is, um, is rumored to change, but I mean, the, Mm -hmm. I'd say the, you know, the broad strokes are going to be very similar. Yeah. And this is from the uh, the forward to Concordance of Arcane Space, which is one of the two source books uh, from the original Spelljammer Adventures in Space box set mm-hmm. way back 
1989. It says, mm -hmm. everything you know about space is wrong. Infinite space. Stars as flaming spheres of superheated plasma. Movement through space as a balance of scientific forces, thrust providing acceleration and maneuverability. Scientific fact backing up natural phenomena. Life on other planets built along blocks of carbon or silicon elements. Forget all that. It's wrong. You can no, get out nothing. of the you know nothing. You can get out of the <laughs> atmosphere on the back of a rock, fly between the planets through a breathable ocean of air, sail between the crystal spheres that surround the inhabited worlds on a river of magical energy, encounter roving mind flayers and beholders. The stars are living things in some areas, great balls of fire in others, and pinpoints of light painted inside a sphere in others. Welcome to Spelljammer Universe. It's a magical universe. I mean, magic, you so, know. <laughs> immediately, it's pretty bombastic. Like, it's it like is. we're swinging for the fences. They just kick in the door. We're not subtle about a dang thing here mm -hmm. at Spelljammer. <laughs> uh, you guys want to go to space? Let's go to space. Right? I mean, okay. in the 80s, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there is a, a certain narcotic associated with that decade. That perhaps had something to do with the the frenetic energy that Spelljammer has. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the '80s, the folks behind Dungeons and Dragons uh, wanted to do something big. Uh, one, they wanted to take the game into outer space, uh, mm -hmm. and two, they didn't. Uh, by doing that, they didn't want to invalidate any of their previous material from campaign settings like Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms mm -hmm. or Dragonlance. Right. In fact, they wanted them to like coexist. They wanted to be able to use not not just invalidate those, but and also not just create something that is wholly separate. Like they wanted everything to sort of work together, right? Yep. 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 And they wanted to do all of this while making it still feel very much like D and D. Like, of course. For, yeah, I mean, it's a, and which is a tall order, I would say. Agreed. Agreed. So, how did they do it? Well, they created Spelljammer. So what, let's talk basic, let's talk some Spelljammer basics. Let's, let's go to Spelljammer 101. Okay. So planetary systems. Uh, in the case of D&D, it's your Orth from Greyhawk or your Toral from Forgotten Realm, Kryn from Dragonlance, so on and so forth. It's, you know, it's like the, the main planet you think of when you think of these campaign settings. Mm-hmm. So these are encased within a crystal sphere. So imagine like if, um, if the, like the Milky Way galaxy of, uh, was actually inside a giant, enormous crystal sphere. That's essentially what they're, what Spelljammer's presupposing. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the, I pictured the marble from the um, Cat's Collar in the Men in Black movie. I, like the entire universe in it. That is what my brain went to immediately. That is insightful. I wonder if the I wonder if the the writers behind Men in Black were Spelljammer fans. I would not be surprised. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. But yeah, that's what my brain was like. Okay, so bag of marbles. Got it. <laughs> bag, bag it's of a marbles. bag of marbles. That's all it is. Uh <laughs> So, and so for the most part, uh, space that's the space that's inside that sphere is called wild space. 
And the space that is outside of that sphere is the phlogiston. And space in Spelljammer is divided into those two distinct categories, wild space and phlogiston. And players can travel through the phlogiston and they can also travel from sphere to sphere using ships colloquially known as Spelljammers that are mm-hmm. equipped with a magical helm. So you got these planetary systems inside crystal spheres. Mm-hmm. You've got the wild space also in, like you know, it's, it's what we like traditionally know as space or think mm-hmm. of when we think space like the, uh, inside the spheres. We have the phlogiston outside of it and then we've got these Spelljammer ships. To travel between all of them. It's wonderful. So let's talk crystal spheres. So they help keep the wild space in and the phlogiston out. The size is determined by the planetary system inside. So obviously the Mm -hmm. more planets, the more moons, the more stars, all that, the bigger the sphere, the bigger the marble. Bigger the marble. Uh, It's a bit of a mystery. Uh, Not, no one's sure like of their origins or what they're made of. One theory is that the gods put them in place to protect their worlds from the phlogiston. Another theory, and I love this one, another theory is that an even greater power created them to confine both man and God. So kind of like this. Which like, goes back to my marble theory. Oh, yeah. So in this in this theory, it'd be like those little like alien kids aliens. playing marbles at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I assume they're kids. I don't know. Maybe, maybe adult aliens play marbles. Maybe it's like, you know. It's a peaceful maybe, pastime for them. Or like, yeah, like or the kids like do all the work and then you can enjoy like, you know, not having mm. to do anything as an adult when you can actually enjoy it. Um, so great. Uh, so we, uh, what we do know is that these crystal spheres are made of an unbreakable dark ceramic material. Now there are uh, obviously several ways to get through because obviously how would anyone leave or arrive on a planet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there are naturally occurring portals that open at random and unpredictable intervals. Uh, the easiest way, if you can manage to find one, but very, it's like I said, it's completely random and unpredictable. So like, good luck doing that. Yeah. Right place, uh, right time. Right. Otherwise. Exactly. Uh, even more difficult to find are these certain rare stars, which act as portals to other locations. So again, this is, uh, even more uh, unpredictable because you travel into the wrong star and you're that's goodbye 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 <laughs> that's, yeah. uh yeah um you're not, yeah you're not traveling anywhere but to the pa- uh, afterlife yeah <laughs> oh that's not where i was planning on going took a wrong turn at albuquerque ended up as space dust and then you have um, a phase door spell or a magical device which duplicates the spell spell's effects, which allows a spell jammer to become immaterial and then pass through. Uh, another type of spell, either a teleport or dimension door, Ooh. can just blink the ship from one side of the sphere to the other, just bypassing the sphere altogether. And then finally, another way to pass through the crystal sphere is uh, creatures such as space dragons or even the legendary Spelljammer ship itself, like the actual ship named Spelljammer, um, which all other ships are kind of named after. It's kind of like um, like how like a gelatin snack, everyone just calls it Jello, mm-hmm. or like uh, a, an adhesive strip is is Band-Aid, right? 
Right. It's the one that was the most famous becomes the title for all of them. I think uh, Xanathar is the same way, correct? Well, yeah, kind of like, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's a, a title, title mm-hmm. that is like, you know, takes the, like that others take the name that uh, you start to use. Um, okay. So yeah, so like, and we'll talk about Spelljammer in the Patreon Plus installment for this episode. Uh, but because it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's gnarly. It's very much worthy of having all the other ships sort of like named after it. Yeah, it just needed, it needs its own separate, it's entirely too much for just to give it just like a tiny bit of credit it needs its own place to exist and be amazing. So exactly, exactly. So, um, so this ship, as well as creatures such as space dragons, they have the ability to open up portals through the crystal spheres, which then close very slowly, allowing other ships to wiggle on through if they're if they're able to time it just right. Oh. So now that we've talked about the crystal spheres, let's talk about wild space. So all the space inside a crystal shell is wild space. It's the planets and the suns and the moons and the stars and the astral, all the usual uh, um, astral suspects, as it were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's the vast emptiness between the planets and stars. It's ba- Like I said, it's basically what we traditionally think of when we say space. And as such there are forces like gravity that factor into the game. And again, we're not going to get super into the mechanics itself because I'm sure that stuff is going to change in 5th edition. Um, <laughs> if you're very much interested in the mechanics of AD&D Spelljammer, then you can head on over to DM's Guild. They mm-hmm. have reprints, PDFs of all the old stuff. It's great. It's, I would opt. I would opt to give it a read just because there's a bunch of interesting stuff in there that I was not anticipating. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's if, really... you're, if you're a if you're like a D&D, like historian nerd mm. like myself, <laughs> it definitely hits the spot for sure. And so outside of the crystal sphere, we have what's known as phlogiston. It's a turbulent, unstable, multicolored fluorescent gas or like gas-like medium. It fills the regions between the crystal spheres and has varying thicknesses, forming these dense sort of rivers between the spheres that uh, spell jammers are able to travel through. Mm. Um, like the crystal spheres, very little is known of the phlogiston. And from what I understand, I alluded to a, a pretty big change that's uh, that we already know of from AD&D Spelljammer to 5th edition Spelljammer is that the phlogiston in the 5th edition has been replaced by the Astral Sea. So if so, ultimate rips to the phlogiston. We hardly knew ye Barely. so long, and thanks for all the fish. Yes. It's a good reference. I like that one. I got that one. I got that. I got, I got that reference. Um, okay, so we've talked Crystal Spheres. We've talked mm-hmm. Wild Space. We have talked... Mm-hmm. Logistin, uh, let's talk the the spelljammer ships. So, how exactly does how exactly do these ships travel through space, either phlogiston or wild space? Well, they have what's known as a helm, which is a magical device which converts mystical energy into motive force, which moves the ship. Uh, usually, it's a mage or a priest slash cleric. 
sitting mm-hmm. at the helm, and they act as a living engine, providing the magical power to move the ship through uh, wild space, as well as basic maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Uh, different races build different helms, but uh, they're not really racially exclusive. However, it, like it's for example, it's possible for a human to use a beholder helm, aka an Orbis, to navigate that ship. And uh, it usually takes the form of like this great chair, think like a throne, like a king's throne, uh, with styles as varied as as the ship styles, which we'll right. get to here in a second. These these ship styles are amazing and absurd. Amazing and absurd. <laughs> uh, for some reason, wild. I want to say I obscene, and not like in that like they're like tawdry, like not like no, they but have... they a little bit of it's a little bit obscene. It's obscene how like how absurd they are <laughs> yes they're obscenely absurd uh but i was gonna say like they they offer like really cool artistic opportunities because right like i said we'll 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 go into uh we'll talk about like what they look like um but yeah it's just i mean it's just weird i like i'm getting ahead of myself uh you are <laughs> most ships have two different helms they have a major helm and a minor helm and the minor helm is usually only used in situations when the major helm is unavailable for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then only one can be used at a time. So it, there's like, it's a backup plan, essentially. I thought it was neat that one of the things it mentioned in there about the helms was that the, uh, so like the stronger the force of magic of the person piloting the ship, they would also go farther due to that and also move quicker depending yeah. on the strength of whoever was doing it. So your higher level casters are going to be able to pilot one quicker, faster, farther than, you know, lower level guys or people that are just kind of casters, but also not. No. Yeah, exactly. So you definitely want your most powerful um, Mm -hmm. cleric or, um, you know, spell caster mage uh, at, at the helm, essentially like, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of like, you know, steering the ship, so to speak. I love the literalness of it at the helm. Well, we'll make it an actual Let's thing. Let's make it an actual Let's helm. Make and, it helm. And something I want to want I want to make plain here is that while Spelljammer is very cool and like you know like the idea behind it, like it's like you know D and D in space, it's very silly. It's very <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is. I. That might be the appeal, though. Like, like they they weren't so much going for Star Trek as they were going for like Flash Gordon, Spaceballs. They wanted, yeah, they wanted something silly. <laughs> they wanted something fun. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I think that's and but there's also like some stuff that's like very like terrifying. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, the mind flayers are you know uh, very prevalent in this campaign setting. Mind flayers are scary AF. Um, then yogi holders are terrifying um... beholders and so like and there's also like this sort of sort of like undercurrent of like cosmic horror and so mm-hmm. when in that sense i think that they really did succeed in making it D in space because D can be very silly it can also mm-hmm. be very scary it can also be like very serious and very poignant and like very emotional it can mm-hmm. be all of these things all at once and so it's pretty well-rounded for all of those things kind of whatever it is that you're looking for you could probably get out of it whichever direction you wanted to go with it no exactly absolutely um so the ships let's uh let's speaking of the ships 
let's let's talk some ship design because they run the gamut from like uh, like I said, amazingly cool to mm-hmm. shockingly scary to like just downright silly. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about a couple. We've got some that are like pretty basic. Um, we've got one called a galleon, which looks just like an old pirate ship, like an old <laughs> like you know like the 16th large three mast galleon uh, ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have like the elven flitter, which just, like looks like a butterfly. In fact, it's one of several like insect inspired ships. Um, there's the mosquito too. and mm-hmm. the dragonfly or the damselfly. These are built by humans and they look like mosquitoes and dragonflies. And, it's uh, just like a mechanical version of it. Yeah, they kind of look almost kind of like a like very transformer esque in that Ooh, sense. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, then like the wasp, which is it looks like a wasp, and it's built by lizardmen. Uh, so so far, like nothing like super exotic, like nothing that really mm-hmm. like you know catches the eye. Just sort of like okay, that's cool. Like I I see like you know, I could like see like my characters find that, and then you get into like the bonkers ships, um, <laughs> like the tyrant ships. Um, there are several variants, but they're all built by beholders, and they all resemble. The creature in some way whether there's like something resembling like a giant eye like or even like the ship itself is built sort of like to resemble the spherical body of a beholder mm-hmm. um there are the neogi mind spiders and death spiders which like do look like like venomous spider insects um but like terrifying like very like like you know like um like nightmare versions of them of spiders it it absolutely looks like it could just like claw machine onto your vessel and then what would you do yeah the mind spider looks like um like the claw machine at (laughs) the arcade except it's meant to like rip out your brain somehow (laughs) sideways and there's also like a little protrusion in the middle for stabbing so yeah like a stabby crane machine and then there is the the Nautiloid, which mm-hmm. is the mind a mind flayer ship. It looks like um like a kind of like a seashell, except mm-hmm. then it has like the tendrils like sticking out in the front. It's kind and, of silly. I mean, it's it's kind of silly. It's it's a little bit silly, a little bit scary. As far as like downright absurd, like WTF, <laughs> like what is going on here? Like you messaged me and you're like, what is this? I giggled at this so hard for like a solid three to five minutes. I kept trying to go back and read and I I had to quit reading about ships because of the, the Dwarven Citadel. The Dwarven it, Citadel. Explain it. Is, it. Describe <laughs> it. What, what, it's, it's bonkers. Let me find their beautiful description in here. Um. Well, it does, in fact, say that the laws of reason break down around this. It <laughs> in basically, more ways than one. In more ways than one. I need you to imagine we're going to do some theater of the mind. It's a giant, great stone mountain with this fearsome dwarf's face carved into it, mustache and beard, like hairs carved into it and everything. And then atop his helmet is a massive citadel. And then a huge fist holding a hand axe. And it is absurd, as absurd as you are picturing it. I promise is the silliest ship I have ever seen. It's, uh, 
it's amazing. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Imagine like a, a small mountain with a dwarf's <laughs> face like carved into it. And then, uh, and then a small like castle on top. Someone. And, and then, like you said, a, a, a giant <laughs> hand with an axe coming Someone out of that. Like, planted a castle on top around Mount Rushmore and shot it off into space. And then, there yeah, and go. then it flies through space. And then it has no problems flying through space. That's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that's like what I say, like, you know, like the Neogi mind spider ship, absolutely terrifying. That thing Mm -hmm. is nightmare fuel to the, you know, infinite degree. And then the Dwarven Citadel is probably the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And I love both of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've messaged and was very very amused about the whole process like they do like is this like is this serious are they are they like is this a joke is this like a a joke D module somebody played yes and and just let it go like all right i'm not gonna say no i'm just gonna let it happen that's exactly what you said it was like like it was like the writer's version of the joke character that went a little uh further than they meant to it was like literally a group of D folks playing yes and (laughs) and then it yeah let's just leave it in it's fine that's fine. That's fine. Well, that's uh, that wraps it up for the ships and the wild space and the phlogiston and all that. Uh, we're going to go to the middle of the show. And when we come back, we're going to talk some of the un- uh, unique races that mm-hmm. you'll find in Spelljammer. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show. Mary, what do we do in the middle of the show? I get cozy and have snacks. Uh, well, no, I don't, I'm not having any snacks. I... Oh, okay. Then instead, we're going to talk about all kinds of D and D stuff that we've got going on. There's a ton of things. We've been really lucky the last couple times. Been a right, lot like, to put in the middle. It's, it's like double stuffed here. It's been a. Uh, it's been a bit of a, a deluge. 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 Is that the right word? I deluge. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, But first and foremost, we want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for everyone on the Patreon uh, who financially support the show. It allows the show to, allows us to do like cool stuff that we have, you know, Mm -hmm. we have a bunch of ideas. We want to uh, get more merch out. Um, And of course we want to, uh, we have artistic ideas. I can't draw, I can't draw a stick figure. Um, So um, Mm -hmm. we like to compensate artists who can, yes. who can do, uh, and much more, draw much more than that. Uh, so we have a cool, like, you know, shirt designs and cool, you know, um, sticker designs, stuff like that. Plus, uh, we still want to get our magic item of the week. Uh, speaking of artistic talent, we want to get that drawn, uh, the items drawn up and put on mm-hmm. DM's Guild. So like, absolutely, all of you that support the show on Patreon, thank you so much. Uh, we want to give a special shout out to our uh, members of the Apprentice tier daniel p jack and peter m um for five bucks a month they get uh early ad free episodes we also have tiers at 10 25 and 75 dollars all of which have um cool exclusive benefits Mm. including bonus episodes like bonus content um the ability to have one of us join your um, do a guest appearance in your campaign or to run a campaign for you and your friends. It's a cool, it's a bunch of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. It's on patreon.com slash D Lorecast if you're interested. 
And if you are in a position where you're unable to sign up for the Patreon, you still want to support the show, you can definitely do so by leaving five-star reviews on Spotify or yes. Apple. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, tell them we're awesome. Uh, word of mouth, just good old fashioned word of mouth telling mm-hmm. someone IRL or even like on a, on a BBS uh, message board <laughs> on an IRC. <laughs> I'm really dating myself here with these references. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like telling someone you think would enjoy the show about us. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like let's, let's, so let's talk about some of this cool D and D stuff that I've, that's, that's not even like, you know, this is stuff that has been, like since last week like it's like new stuff there's so much stuff i love it so spell speaking of Spelljammer, yep. uh Spelljammer academy the all all four installments of this four-part series are not are not are not are now, <laughs> uh, are now i became the swedish <laughs> chef all of a sudden uh are now out uh on dnd beyond this adventure series takes you from level one to level four and it readies your characters for the adventure that is included in this month's Spelljammer set, which is called Light of the Xerixes. So instead of just starting at level five, you can actually get a small taste of what's to come and yes. do this four-part adventure beforehand. And it's free. It's free. It's free of charge. That's the best price. I love I'm just saying. Yeah, I love free stuff. Best price point. Um, speaking of more uh, Spelljammer stuff, JammerCon is August 20th. So JammerCon is a online convention that it's uh, it's a day-long Spelljammer extravaganza. It's August 20th. It starts at 8 a.m. Eastern time. It's a diverse range of Spelljammer-themed games run throughout the entire length of the day. You've got games um, from both old and new rule sets, uh, the DMs are going to be proficient in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. There's even um, some third edition D20 stuff, uh, and then also the the new version, the new fifth edition. There's going to be prize giveaways. There's going to be mm-hmm. uh, panels starring community leaders, and registration is now open. You can go to uh, Warhorn.net. There's a link to the registration in the show notes. And it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Like the uh, the folks that are uh, that are behind this know what they're doing as far as putting together an online convention. And it's just a way. And they're all huge Spelljammer fans, so it's a it's a way to sort of celebrate um, Spelljammer coming back after you know almost 20, over twenty years or almost twenty years. Is it twenty? I think. Oh, well, I, I think, feel like it's more than that. Uh, it, it no, yeah, it is. It is over almost thirty years. I- 32 years, yeah. 33 years. That is so, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, I am of the age where like everything seemed like the eighties seemed like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, and I'm like, no, Bubba, that's, that's like 40 years ago, honey. Uh, oh. I'm barely older than Spelljammer. Just barely, barely. Just barely. Um. So yes, JammerCon, check out the link in the show notes. If you're interested in check and uh, participating or even just enjoying it. And yeah, absolutely. This is like, I'm very excited about this as well. But uh, speaking of like older campaign settings coming back, 
mm-hmm. they announced uh, a Dragon Lance adventure for the end of this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm sure more details will come out as we get closer to it. But the first volume of the new Dragon Lance novel series came out this week. Dragons of Deceit by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman is out now. Very excited. Uh, this has been like the first proper Dragonlance book in quite a while. Hmm. And That's... I would say that like, even if you didn't know what D&D was, if you spent any time in a bookstore, you know, over the past 20 years, you probably, or even a library, you probably came across a Dragonlance book, even if you didn't oh. know exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, I would I, I would have to agree with that statement. Uh, so yeah, so the brand new book is out now. You can pick it up wherever you get your books. Uh, I think that, um, no, I don't think I know for a fact that uh, Margaret Weiss is actually at Gen Con this weekend. And once mm-hmm. she gets back, um, once she's done with that, uh, they're going to once again start selling autographed copies of the book on her website. And so they just want to make sure, I guess, uh, you know, uh, put a hole on that while she's off doing Gen Con. Yeah, that'd be an awful lot to try to manage at once. Right. That's pretty exciting though. It's very cool. Like it's, I can't wait to read it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And this is something you sent me. It is. Uh, so it's mentioned. It's very yet. cool. But <laughs> like I said, this is, this, you're the one who brought it to my attention. So I'll, I'll oh, go ahead no. and, and and allow you to talk about it. Okay, so there's an actual play podcast called Dark Dice that is created by uh, Travis Vingroff and his lovely wife. And this is a, it's actually, that is what got me into D&D, was listening to it. So it is a horror-themed podcast. They're in their second season. Um, during this second season, at the beginning of the pre-release, they announced that Jeff Goldblum would be playing one of their characters and playing D&D with them. Um, he plays character Balmer in season two. I will not give you any spoilers. And if you want to find out, I guess you'll just have to go listen. Um, but they are getting minis made. There was a, uh, there's a Kickstarter for it. And they did a release earlier, I believe this week, of Balmer's mini. So what that means is there is a D&D mini of Jeff Goldblum. It's, I mean, it's, it's Balmer, but it's, it's Jeff Goldblum. Balmer, but it's absolutely 100% Goldblum. It's so a, excited. A, a Goldblum mini. Goldblum mini. <laughs> so yeah, uh, a link to that Kickstarter will be included in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm very, like, I, I had not, this had sort of, um, flown over my head, gone, you know, flown under the radar for me, was unfamiliar with this actual play podcast. As soon as you sent this to me, I'm like, I need to start listening to that like yesterday. I mean, like horror, like D&D, check. Horror, check. Jeff Goldblum, check, 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 check. All the checks. Absolutely. There is, I have not at any point been disappointed except when I binged all of it and had to wait for new episodes. That's the only (laughs) disappointment I faced. Like- it's what started the entire love of D&D was this podcast for me. And then, of course, we have our DMs Guild Corner of the Week. Now, this is known as Black Vines of Night. And 
It's described as such. In the final days, the stars wilted upon the black vines of night as even the dead sprung forth to deliver us from his gaze. When the skies darkened, only then did we behold his face and all our wailing could not drown out his silence. Silence has fallen over Glyph. On the edge of Faerun's solar system, a great mind flayer empire once ruled and then Atropus came. Amid the ruins, the mind flayer lich, Azaluk, plots to rebuild the empire in Atropus's dread image. So very much in keeping with like the horror theme, co- cosmic horror at that. Uh, this is a it's, a, it's the best. It's a <laughs> best. four to six hour adventure for uh, three to six, 14 to 16 level characters. Ooh. Uh, so these, this is like, this is a chance to, um, to, you know, if you're usually, if you're anything like most campaigns, it's, you know, you start off and you, and you, and you play and then, you know, life gets in the way and then you're kind of like stuck in a stasis and it's hard to get out of those like early levels. This is coming out swinging with the attacks. Are we exactly, this is a chance (laughs) to like, let your players build characters Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, like you said, test out you know, uh, abilities and spells and stuff that they normally otherwise wouldn't get. Uh, there are six suggested adventure hooks for getting your Forgotten Realms characters to Glyph, a choice of three companion NPCs, each with their own goals and agenda, which I love. Mm. Four suggested endings with choice-dependent rewards, which is also a great, it's like, it's like a video game. It's like, you know, where you have different endings. Yeah, I like that part too, the versatility there. It was always fun. Five all new creatures, including the blasphemous Angel of the Decay and the unfortunately named Zomb Zom- I always <laughs> trip up on this. Zombilithid? Zombilithid. I'm picturing him in overalls with a really, really bad southern accent. Zombilithid. Wow, well, there I'm Zombilithid. Oh Welcome Lord. to Glyph. Welcome to Glyph. <laughs> but it also um, includes stat blocks for three different types of spell jammers Ooh. with four equipable modifications and a new player race known as the Tragic Ortlings. Oh. So this is uh, very cool. It's on DM's Guild. You can buy it now. I think it's only like, let me, I don't have the price written down for some reason. Yeah, it's only $2.99. It's, you know, for something that will, like I said, it's a four to six hour adventure. Uh, you know, that's less than a dollar per hour. It's You're true. being entertained for less than a dollar an hour. You can't, in this economy, you can't beat that price. Plus you get multiple endings, multiple options. You're going to have to play it at exactly. least three or four times. And at that rate, you'd be a fool not to buy it. Look, I'm not calling you a foolish Mary is, but. I'll own it. I might've said it. <laughs> yeah. You're a dang fool. I said it. <laughs> You heard you heard what Zombilithid said. Now go out and buy it, y'all. Don't be foolish now. Buy it. <laughs> and of course, a link is provided in the show notes. Uh, yeah, uh, I have a copy. It's uh, the artwork looks great. The story is very cool. It's mm-hmm. if you're into cosmic horror, definitely check it out. Oh yeah. Uh, that being said, let's go to the end of the show. Welcome back. We've got some we've got some spell jammer unique races to talk about. 
And I'm very proud of you for making it through all of the space, through the wild space, through the phlogiston, to the end of the show where we're at. Um, so life and space is divided up into major and minor races. So these are defined by whether a race has established a presence in space. Major races have bases, colonies, large populations. They have, you know, navies and have all of their stuff situated where, um, whereas the minor races, they, they do not have all of those things. Um, which makes sense. I mean, like if you have sort of like all, if you have that much of a presence in, in space. Right. right. Um, most of the, the major races also have ships that are designed specified to their races, which we had discussed some of those earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Um, However, the titles of minor and major are mostly for bragging rights um, so that, you know, major races can talk down to minor races and remind them that there's not that many of them there. I feel like it's kind of a power struggle there or a little bit, well, not a struggle, I guess. They even in space, oh, we always have to have some sort of pecking order. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So some of our... I guess we'll talk about the little guys first, the minor races. Um, halflings, we'll find Gif, Centaurs, the Kender, uh, Giants, and Dragons. Some of these we know about. I'm pretty sure we've all met a dragon or two, maybe met a halfling. Um, centaurs are kind of self-explanatory. The Gif are hippo folk. The, the Gif. Yeah, when, yeah. When There's... I think of Spelljammer, there are a few specific things I think of. And the hippo folk are definitely one of them. They are not what I expected for them to be, but it made perfect sense at the same time. So these hippo folk, eight to nine feet tall, militant type society, um, very, very structured, very order, obedient to their chain of command. And that's just like, that's whoever's in charge, that's who's in charge. And we follow our orders and just keep you know straight and narrow there um they're strong graceful as hippos are yeah right graceful as, and excellent as hi- reflexes as hippos are mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're not very wise or intelligent they eat marbles so makes sense they're <laughs> marble fours marble fours oh that sounds unfortunate and bad for your teeth um that's why they only because got the, big of, two one, the two big ones. Oh, those two. That's that's why there's only that's, those. It's all the marbles. Why. Oh, okay. Too many, oh, marbles. Yeah, Too many marbles in your yes. diet. Don't be biting the marbles. You'll end up with hippo teeth. What my mom always told me. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yep. uh, so GIF could move up within the ranks, you know, in their society, but their rank can only be changed by their superiors. Um, they prefer to spend most of their time around their own kind. But they can and will get along with anybody who is willing to pay them. Like, all right, I could, I could be friendly for, you know, for some change. They're often hired as, you know, personal guards, bodyguards, things of that nature, because they are very much to the T and do their job and stick to it. Um, Makes sense. They have a mild resistance to magic, incapable of casting spells. Um, often decorated their ta- their tattoos sure decorate their tattoos decorate their skin <laughs> with tattoos um showing and depicting their accomplishments but are always dressed in their 
uniforms or elaborate and durable army and are known to carry multiple firearms. So these hippos in their military uniforms, slinging guns in space. Like, and sort of like that, um, that very like pageantry-esque like military uniform. Think like, mm-hmm. like that stuff like Michael Jackson used to wear with like the, <laughs> like the shoulder pads, like, uh, like very much like not like you know fatigues which although some gif do but a lot of a lot of gif are like sort of wear that like old school sort of um like napoleon bonaparte sort of military uniform regalia with the epaulettes and most of the pictures i've seen also include a monocle i don't know that you have to but i would i like it um but yeah they are pretty um pretty invested as well in the in the collection of various weapons as well some of them are known to keep like a oh hey i got this one from this planet i got this one from that world i was three worlds over and got these so uh, those were pretty fascinating we also have the kender which i had not heard of until i had read through this um they're from dragon lance okay yeah see i'm been stuck in Faerun and Ravnica. Well, yeah, like Dragonlance hasn't, like I said, they haven't really been around in, mm-hmm. in quite a while. So exciting to see where things go. But yeah, they um, a, a lot of there. There's a lot of um, Kinder slandering, but um, I think I think that's it's unwarranted. Unwarranted slander. I mean. Could be. Um, they're small in size. They resemble, this was the way that it was worded, I struggled with a few times. They resemble a muscled human child. So I'm picturing a super buff toddler. <laughs> and I can't not. Boy. Little buff boy. Um, they're similar to halflings, but they have a very distinctly pointy ears, much like the elves. Um, they are, however, completely immune to magical fear. And are not able to feel it naturally either. So they have zero fear, all of the gusto. That's a nice way to put it, right? All the Moxie. audacity. All, Moxie. All, all the audacity. They got all of it. Um, so because they were created magically, they're not known to be able to cast arcane magic. They're very skilled at um, carefully removing belongings from pockets of their original owners. The very diplomatic way to say they're good at stealing. <laughs> they are good at being pickpockets. Sneaky little boogers. Um, also skilled at taunting and mocking their opponents. But they're known to have extremely high voices. So just imagine you're getting yelled at by tiny little chipmunks. <laughs> like roasted. <laughs> roasted by chipmunks. Chipmunks roasting on an open fire. It's a Christmas song in there somewhere, I'm pretty sure. But they are, just, it's just the mental image of all these little things. Um, <laughs> my, I, I tend to make connections between various other sources of things that I've seen and interacted with. And my brain immediately went to the taunting from like Python and the Holy Grail, but I'm picturing it pitched up real, right. real high. Like Alvin and the Chipmunks style. Yes, perfectly. Um, <laughs> They do, as far as society goes, though, they are very family oriented and tend to have like the one large house for their family group. 
um, often decorated by things that they create themselves as they are known to be tinkerers and creators. Nice. Um, those were two of the two that I thought were interesting and not super typical, but seem kind of specific to this area. As far as I know, um, major races include humans, elves, dwarves, you know, mind flayers, beholders, and the, uh, Neogi. The aforementioned Neogi. Yes. Um, I thought it was interesting that the mind flayers have very established navies, colonies, and they engage in trade with everybody, like everyone. So just, you know, going to go meet up with the mind flayers. No big deal. And do some some trade agreements. I've got some wheat, (laughs) some space salt and some space wheat. Space wheat. Probably doesn't have, uh, probably still be intolerant to the gluten there too. Space gluten. Space gluten. Everything is space. (laughs) Space gluten. Look, I've done well not to sing um, (laughs) Sledgehammer or Spelljammer to the tune of Sledgehammer so far. We've still got a couple of weeks of covering. Oh, good. It'll happen. Y'all are going to get tortured (laughs) and I'm sorry. Um, Let's see. There were... um, do we want to go into the Neogi or do you want to save them? Oh yeah, we definitely got to talk to Neogi. Right. But did you want to save them for last? Uh, Let's jump right into them. Let's jump right into them. Okay. So the Neogi are a race of spider-like creatures hated in the known space by literally everybody. Now, these things are terrifying. I would rather meet (laughs) just about anything else I've seen these are a combination of essentially a wolf spider, but picture a long eel coming up off the top of it. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's <laughs> like, just so like looking gross. at it, like gives you the heebie-jeebies. Like, it's like it makes you shudder. I have no issues with arach- arachnids. I'm arachnophobic in any way, shape or form, but these things make me visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, the adults are human child sized which again, they're also small and terrifying. Um, They use mind control so frequently that they have come to believe it is just a normal part of life. Like you just, if someone's weaker than you, control them, make them do what you need them to do. Take them as a slave. Just another day. Just another day. Just another day, different stuff. Yeah. Um, They don't understand. I said that backwards. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, it's fine. I need a Niyogi to control my mind so I say things right. I don't think that's how they work. I think it'd be a bad idea, but you do you. I support <laughs> your choices. Um, they consider everyone to be property of somebody. So they just assume everybody belongs to somebody else and they use this mind control frequently throughout all interactions. Um, they are owned by everybody above them in the chain of command. It is a pyramid <laughs> scheme of mind control and insanity. <laughs> it is uh, the multi-level marketing of yes. wolf, spider, eel, insanity. <laughs> it's so <laughs> gross. Um, but when they're not doing work for their masters, they are, however, free to just, you know, whatever pursue, whatever money gaining ventures that they want to. Um, but because of their ability to handle more of the harsher environments that some of the other races bodies are not built to do, they can often get items and different sorts of uh, resources and things that other people don't have access to 
which then makes them a very valuable partner, but also extremely dangerous. Right, right. Um, they often set up their little colonies near mine flares and drow, um, driven by greed. And anyone doing trade deals with them is in the dangerous position because they could just decide they want your product and they want to take you as a slave. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a hell of a trade partner to have. Is it really worth it? <laughs> like, do you really need it that much? Do you, are you sure you need those slabs of space rock for the driveway? Do you like, need we, that space wheat? Do we need the space wheat? Do we need the space salt? Um, some of the other, so a race can go from being a minor race to becoming a major race and vice versa. Orcs and orc kin used to be one of the major races in space until they races in space. <sighs> I don't mean to rhyme so much. I'm sorry, <laughs> but their, uh, their navies were practically eliminated and without them having that massive power, they are now considered to be a minor race. So yeah, so this is all like very malleable. It can change. Mm -hmm. I like that. At any point in time, you could, there's just so many directions it could go. I love the open-ended creativity aspect of it. Um, in addition to those things, there are several mm, extraplanar beings, uh, various elementals, demons, um, archons, modrons, and the uh, Slotty. However, these don't like being... <laughs> in wild space their ties to their home planets are or home planes excuse me not planets are the strongest on the largest planets because bigger the planet more portals to other planes of existence that way um so while you can call them for certain services like if you have spells for that sort of thing or items for that sort of thing you're more than welcome to but they'll come when they're called but they are going to do what they're supposed to do and get the heck out of there as quickly as they possibly can. Their services will be limited and very short. They don't, uh, they don't want to be there. They're not trying to mess around with all that. No, I don't, I don't want any part of this. I would like to go home. Space is terrifying. Send me back to the fire. So what is your favorite space creature? Before we, <laughs> before we wrap up, we've <laughs> talked about Niyogi. They're mm -hmm, terrifying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I mean, even if they are terrifying, they could still be your favorite simply because they're so terrifying. Um, I do like that they're scary. Yeah, we talked again, about um, cosmic horror. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the gif, the kender. But what is your favorite <laughs> space monster? Space so creature? my absolute favorite space creature had me on a tangent. I completely forgot I was researching for anything and just got excited and went all ham on it. Uh, pun intended giant space hamsters <laughs> giant space hamsters of giant course the most hamsters. famous of them is boo of minx and boo fame giant space hamster <laughs> but they are just i i just got all kinds of excited i like squishy fluffy things and horrifying things so you know and um small little uh easter egg sort of like deep cut uh giant space hamster meat and Spelljammer is known as Spaham. I want to believe you and don't want to believe you at the same time. At the same time. It's fine. It's fine. You could, that that's a very, fantastic. very justifiable reaction to that knowledge, to that information. <laughs> I also feel like, <laughs> oh, I probably wouldn't eat that. 
though. Like, I don't, I don't think I could be comfortable with that. They're too cute. Well, I mean, like giant bear-sized hamsters. Come on, don't knock it till you try it. Oh. <laughs> well, that wraps it up just about for this week. Before we leave. What do we have for our magical item of the week? Oh, Mistress Mary does have a magic item of the week. This, well, it's technically two items, but one at the same time. Um, we have Therene's Bands of Wishful Thinking. So this is a dual set of matching rings that are magical and wonderful. The user does is splits a small part of their soul into one ring and either leaves it with somebody they trust or stashes it somewhere on their home plane. It can be used as a kind of a transportation point. You can just poof back to the other part of your soul, get put back together and carry on with your life. However. Okay. So, okay. So you split off part of your soul, put it in one <laughs> ring, you get the other one, and then you sort of like, that's it, you're able to transport back to it, wherever back that other forth. ring is. Yes. So, so it could be across planes. You could be out sailing on the other side of the astral sea, get yourself into some kind of crazy trouble with, I don't know, the Niyogi, and just have to, you know what? I'm done here. I want to go home. Bye. Bye. Deuces. Okay. I'm out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I heard back. a butt there. I heard a, I heard there was, there's... You- Dead. Okay, let's what's 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 the catch? So the catch is if the ring with your soul in it is destroyed, this piece of soul is just set free to wander for all of eternity on this home plane until you return to it. Okay, so the the ring that you're now wearing gets destroyed. That, mm-hmm. you know, the little fragment of your soul is sort of just like floating around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until maybe, you, come back. you know, harassing old ladies. Who knows? I don't know what your soul wants to do. That's completely <laughs> up to you what you do with it. So once that ring is desold, desold, sure, destroyed. I mean, once that ring is desold, it's yes. been desold, right? <laughs> the user begins to suffer 2d6 necrotic damage daily until they are returned to their home planet and reunited with their soul. Soul immediately recognizes that you've landed back on the plane and says, oh, thank goodness, and rushes home and poof, you are whole again. Okay. Right? Sounds great. However, again, there's another but. If the user takes enough necrotic damage to die or dies while this, you know, soul is out there, again, harassing granny, um, you just become a lich instead. That's yeah. And as we all know, as we are all aware, mm-hmm. liches be tripping. Liches be tripping. So 2d6 necrotic damage every day until they're able to return back to wherever mm. they left that, that other ring at. Right. Wherever they left this other ring. There you go. That's and what are they called? What is this? What is this? That is, is Tarine's bands of wishful thinking. Because you're really hoping it goes the way you want it to. Yeah. For sure. But we all know dice don't work that way. Do they so ever? So it's all Do wishful thinking. Ever? No, not for me. They don't. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I've had some, I've had my fair share of good rolls. Not gonna <laughs> brag. Not trying oh, to, wow. Mm. Not trying to flex on anyone, but you know. 
I've rolled, I've my, rolled good once. I've rolled my fair share twenties, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like I roll three? a D twenty and it lands on the twenties on coming. Is it that's all twenties? You have a D twenty that's just twenties? Is that? Oh man, like what a like what if you just roll okay oh 20 and just like grab it off the table like that was a 20 everyone saw it you saw the 20 you saw the 20 right it was, it was totally totally a normal die there's nothing weird happening with it stuff's it in his pocket <laughs> i saw a set of dice on uh on twitter and the 20 uh said f you mm-hmm. and the one said f me i need one of those <laughs> I was like, yeah, like immediately like that, like that, that's a set that Mary would definitely want for sure. Yep. I've seen one that has well shit as the yeah. natural one too. And I'm like, that's on brand. Yeah. It's for perfectly sure. on brand. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, for allowing us to be a part of your day. We are the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. You can find all of our social stuff uh, in the show notes, our, our Twitters and our, our, our we're going to, we're going to start doing TikToks. We're gonna, we are gonna we're start gonna ticking join, talks. We're gonna join the Gen Z. The gen, we're gonna join oh. Generation Z and start talking, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully not be too cringe and sus. Oh, I'm gonna be hella cringe. <laughs> I'm allowed to. I have teenagers for kids. I can be oh, cringe. I've earned I, it. I have. They're preteens, but they they sass me like they're like they're teenagers for <laughs> they're sure. Practicing. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely yeah they're they're. They're definitely swinging above their weight class in that regard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want any more information on what we talked about this week, uh, check out the show notes. If you want any more information on the show, check out the show notes. All those links are available there. We'll be back next week to discuss um, some more spell jammer, like yes. what happened in between uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons and and now sort of like, you know, what has been going on while spell jammer has kind of been um, on hiatus I can mm-hmm. like, you know obviously like if there was if there wasn't there was a there was a fervent like fan community like keeping it alive and, and wanting wanting it to come back which is mm-hmm. why a part of the reason why I feel like it, it's it kind of did um, because of course a lot of the folks who are working for Wizards now are those same folks who played Spelljammer when it first came mm-hmm. out and so they're, they're, they're finally kind of getting their wish to bring it back so uh, I love we'll have that a, so much. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a guest to talk about um, all that. And then, and then in a couple of weeks, we got, we will be talking about Spelljammer. It's, it was Spelljammer fifth edition. It's finally out and it's yes. coming out in like an old school style, sort of like multi-book format. Now it doesn't come, it's not coming in a box, which I, I cannot wait until the day that we get an actual box set for fifth edition, because that that's be how, that's how the, that's how they used to come out back in the gap. It came in boxes and like the books were inside the boxes with the maps and all that. Um, but it is, it is a three book set, which is still, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Hey, don't complain. Just be glad you're getting it. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. My name is Sergio. I have been Mary. And you will continue to be Mary. We'll see. Very ominous. Okay. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time.
you've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.